And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you great French fries. That sign over there tells you this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at motel6.com. And use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letter CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. And he's Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Good morning. He is Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. Download our Red Eye Radio app today and you can listen when and where you wish. Well, this was... uh, pretty disturbing yesterday you and i played a couple of audio cuts earlier on the show but uh, we really haven't played what i believe is the the uh, uh, introduction from uh, we played a little bit of him but we didn't play the the full introduction of marine sergeant uh tyler vargas andrews at the capitol testimony on the withdrawal from afghanistan and particularly the airport suicide bombing and and what happened mm. and this uh this uh, soldier this marine was uh, was actually injured in the bombing, and he talks about that. Uh, you know, one of the you know they they believed that they had, you know, that everything fit what was a suicide bomber, and they wanted to take him out. Now, I don't know if he stated that they believed he was a suicide bomber who blew himself up at that point. Uh, but we're going to play what he had to say here yesterday, and you can tell he's very. He just said as basically across the board. Nobody was in charge. Nobody wanted to take responsibility. It was basically just pure chaos there, that they really didn't get instruction from the military. Who would get it from whom? The Pentagon, who would get it from whom? The State Department, who would get it from whom? The president. Yeah. And and what a cluster it was. And here's part of what he had to say yesterday. Hundreds of people came in waves surging through the gate multiple times, physically fighting us. Living out of our tower, we conducted 24-7 operations at the gate. The next seven days were surreal. Nothing prepared us for the ground experience we were about to encounter. It was chaos, but we worked together to figure out the next best steps. Tens of thousands of people descended upon Abbey Gate. We were looking for anyone with a blue passport, first and foremost. People were suffering from extreme malnutrition, dehydration, heat casualties, and infants were dying. Afghans were brutalized and tortured by the Taliban, flocked to us pleading for help. Some Afghans turned away from Hkaya, tried to kill themselves on the razor wire in front of us that we used as a deterrent. They thought this was merciful compared to the Taliban torture that they faced. Countless Afghans were murdered by the Taliban 155 yards in front of our position day and night. With only shipping containers between us, the Taliban would routinely murder people under our observation at their checkpoint. 
We communicated the atrocities to our chain of command and intel assets, but nothing came of it. Department of State staff and HKI would completely shut down processing Afghans every evening and into the morning, leaving ground forces with a nightmare. They did not work in reasonable rotations and very much presented an unwillingness to work in other situations as well. No matter our health or condition, the Marines stood watch and engaged in disorderly and dangerous crowds. State was not prepared to be in HKIA. In fact, state would not want to deal with the Afghans unable to be processed. Weakening the security of the perimeter, state would take us away from our mission to walk Afghans out to meet the fate of the Taliban, condemning them to death. Over the communication network, we passed that there was a potential threat and an IED attack imminent. This was as serious as it could get. I requested engagement authority while my team leader was ready on the M110 semi-automatic sniper system. The response, leadership did not have the engagement authority for us. Do not engage. I requested for the battalion commander, Lieutenant Colonel Brad Whited, to come to the tower to see what we did. While we waited for him, psychological operations individuals came to our tower immediately and confirmed the suspect met the suicide bomber description. He eventually arrived, and we showed him our evidence, the photos we had of the two men. We reassured him of the ease of fire on the suicide bomber. Pointedly, we asked him for engagement authority and permission. We asked him if we could shoot. Our battalion commander said, and I quote, I don't know, end quote. Myself and my team leader asked very harshly, well, who does? Because this is your responsibility, sir. He again replied he did not know but would find out. We received no update and never got our answer. Eventually, the individual disappeared. To this day, we believe he was a suicide bomber. We made everyone on the ground aware. Operations had briefly halted but then started again. Plain and simple, we were ignored. Our expertise was disregarded. No one was held accountable for our safety. About 1730, Staff Sergeant Darren Hoover, friend and mentor, came to get me from the tower to go help find an Afghan interpreter in the crowd. We found the interpreter and his brother born with American passports. They told us five, told us of five family members still in the canal. I stayed there waiting for the family members standing against a two-foot canal wall. Ten minutes passed. <clears throat> then a flash <clears throat> and a massive wave of pressure. I'm thrown 12 feet onto the ground, but instantly knew what had happened. I opened my eyes to Marines dead or unconscious lying around me. A crowd of hundreds immediately vanished in front of me, and my body was catastrophically wounded with 100 to 150 ball bearings now in it. <clears throat> Almost immediately, we started taking fire from the neighborhood, and I saw how injured I was with my right arm, completely shredded and unusable. I saw my lower abdomen soaked in blood. crawled backwards seven feet, roughly seven feet because I thought I was still in harm's way. My body was overwhelmed from the trauma of the blast. My abdomen had been ripped open. Every inch of my exposed body, except for my face, took ball bearings and shrapnel. <clears throat> I tried to get up but could not. Laying there for a few minutes, I started to lose consciousness. When I heard Chaz, my team leader, screaming my name as he ran to me, his voice... <clears throat> His voice calling to me kept me awake. When he got to me, he dragged me to safety and immediately started triaging me, tying tourniquets on my limbs and doing anything he could to stop the bleeding and start plugging wounds with the help of the other Marines. I was awake through most of it, screaming, moaning, and cursing. Please ask, uh, <clears throat> I ask you to please ask me about getting shot at the tower in Abbey Gate and how no one wanted my report post-blast. 
Even NCIS and the FBI failed to interview me. The withdrawal was a catastrophe in my opinion. And there was an inexcusable lack of accountability and negligence. The 11 Marines, one sailor, and one soldier that were murdered that day have not been answered for. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to speak. That is uh, Marine Sergeant Tyler Vargas uh, Andrews recalling the suicide bombing at uh, the uh, airport in Kabul in Afghanistan. And uh, he wasn't the only, uh, you know, military person uh, there speaking about it and everyone. I mean, we knew it. I mean, we knew what happened. We knew that, you know, it was what happened there was an abomination. We knew that the president lied, number one, about what the all the generals told him we had to do in Afghanistan. The whole thing was a lie based on a political commitment, not based on concern with American lives or American soldiers or Afghans that that had uh, American uh, passports or even Americans uh, that took a while to get out of Afghanistan. It was simply, I'm doing this for politics. You know, we talk about politics, and we uh, we've said before, people, how ridiculous. Well, you know, it was done for it was done for politics. There's good politics and there's bad politics. This was extremely bad politics. This was the politics of lying that helped to get 13 American servicemen and women killed. And over and over again, it was demonstrated as to why we shouldn't pull all of our troops out of there. And Biden was intent on following through with something because he said so and he was going to make it fit the narrative. He lied about what his top generals were saying. The general that was in charge left. That should have been the tell for everybody at that point. Our allies were all asking questions. Biden was trying to get the, at that time, the president of Afghanistan to repeat the lies for him and saying things like, well, no, when we leave here the taliban won't be taking over they won't be taken over that's not going to happen as if it's some kind of myth that's being circulated some kind of conspiracy theory on social media and then what happened inevitably in the days after the botched exit he tells uh i believe that was stephanopoulos in the sit-down yeah. interview and says well what the Taliban was always going to take over. It's not what you told us. It's not what you said. I want to play this uh, short audio from Lieutenant Colonel Retired David Scott, uh, man who was also there. This whole thing has been a gutting experience. I never imagined I would witness the kind of gross abandonment followed by a career-preserving silence of senior leaders, military, and civilian. As a result of the way that we've left Afghanistan, we're on the front end of a national security crisis as 27 violent extremist groups are now operating on former NATO security bases with Taliban top cover. And I think we're on the front end of a mental health tsunami as 73% of our Afghan war veterans say they feel betrayed by how this war ended. Calls to the VA hotline have spiked 81% in the first year since the Afghan withdrawal, and they keep coming. Lieutenant, uh, retired Lieutenant Colonel David Scott, uh, uh, man, it, it's, I, I'm, again, the Democrats had no interest in, in really investigating the, the withdrawal from Afghanistan because they knew it would be bad news all the way around. 
And so this is something that, you know, we talk about this is something that the Republicans have to prioritize and bring to the American people. And when we talk about COVID, the origins of COVID, amazing the way the Democratic Party just doesn't care about the origins of it. And think about it. A million people, more than were killed. Uh, I'm um, about more than were killed where we are right now in the Civil War and World War II, uh, killed by coronavirus that now the American government believes most likely came from a lab leak in China, mm-hmm. that China has done everything to hide, and there is no fury from the president. There's no anger. There's no condemnation of the Chinese from the president. Nothing. And we were we were lied to uh, by those in charge in the in the CDC and the National Institutes of Health because they didn't want the public to know. They had no evidence. They didn't know what theory was right. And they shut it down and the media shut it down. The media and the government and those in medicine in the government did not want you to know. And then Biden, when he became president, did not want you to know what caused this. And a million Americans died and they lied about it. They lied about it by saying you're a racist conspiracy theorist if you are proposing that there might be another theory. Right. And then they censored it. Right. And a million Americans died because of this. And no curiosity and no anger at the Chinese. If you showed any, it was racism. And, you know, still today, reluctant to get to the answers. Yeah. yeah. They should be leading the call for the answers. Think about it. Their side was the one that was pushing for more shutdowns. They were over the top shutting down and regulating and spending at every level, but never wanted to get to the bottom of it. Does that not seem odd? The two dynamics of where the left was on COVID uh, in their response, except for what caused it. Why is that? Why is that? If they had their way, we'd still all be working from home and wearing masks today. 86690 Red Eye. Even USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey admits the weather patterns in the country over the past three weeks seem to be a broken record. Storms coming into the West Coast, moving their way across the central and southern plains, and then eventually into the Midwest and the East. With similar results, we've had the heavy snows across the far west, including California, severe weather and dust across the southern high plains, and then isolated tornadoes and winds moving into the Mid-South and the lower Midwest, and even some late-season wet snow as you move to the north. And while similar weather is expected this week, Rippy notes it won't be as amplified and active as it has been in recent weeks. We continue to see energy and storms moving ashore in the Pacific coast, and those systems, one at a time, will be marching their way across the country. That includes events such as severe weather in the southern Great Plains and snow in the upper Midwest and Great Lakes region. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. This report is made possible by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Diesel and Sitco Lubricants. 
Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Coming up on the, uh, the bottom of the hour, you've got to relate this to you. This article just uh, came out. Trump made me do it. Liberal media blames its dismissal of the lab leak on Trump. Well, we'll get to this here. I mean, it's just, it's just, yeah, it's, right. it's, it's ludicrous. But this first uh, study warns California officials about policies increasing price at the pump to $7 a gallon. Mm-hmm. When studies are predicting $7 a gallon, uh, for gas in California, the state experts are warning legislators that anything they do to counteract alleged price gouging should be designed not to make it worse. <laughs> we suggest the legislature clear, clearly identify the problem it is trying to address. Identifying the problem is important because it can help focus policy actions towards strategy that most directly target the problem. <laughs> Said Russ, uh, Ross Brown, principal fiscal and policy analyst at California Legislative Analyst Office, in his key considerations presented to the Senate Committee on Energy, Utilities, and Communications. The recommendation comes as Governor Gavin Newsom embarks on formulating legislation to penalize petroleum refineries for what he deems as excess profits. Hmm. So it gets back to the same old thing. We're going to tax, gas prices are so high, mm-hmm. we need to bring them down, so we're going to tax the oil companies, mm-hmm. which will actually increase the cost yeah. of gasoline, that then we can throw back and blame the gasoline or the oil companies on, and then continue the same cycle. Right. We're going to bring costs down by adding to the costs. Americans like to, this is great. Americans like to hold on to the myth that politicians are all powerful and all knowing. Yeah. <laughs> but when it comes to gasoline prices, global influences on supply and demand are really the gremlin that determines prices mm-hmm. and high taxes in liberal states. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it, it, that to determine prices and politicians who really only care about your vote would love you to think that they can control everything, but they can't do much over global fundamentals driving prices down or up, said the head of the petroleum uh, analysis at uh, gasbuddy.com. Uh, hmm. So uh, there you go. I mean, they're talking about, again, ta- taxing the oil companies. Obama did this. We, yeah, we, we remember right. when he was down in Houston mm-hmm. having his rally back in 2000, early 2008, I think it was, mm-hmm. was it? Mm-hmm. Are you sick of high gasoline? Pro- no, it was the summer because the gas prices skyrocketed. Yeah, it was the, the summer, summer of 2008. Summer, 2008. Yeah, yeah. Are you sick of the high gas prices? Yeah. Do you want something done about it? Yeah. Well, if I become president, I'll put a windfalls profit tax on all these oil companies. Yay! And we went, wow, we understand why liberals believe that the people that vote for them are idiots. Because he just asked you if your gas prices are too low, and then his solution was to... Or make, too high. What? Well, well, you said they, too oh, low. the gas prices were too high. 
Well, I, I was trying to say that do you want gas prices to be lower? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's where I messed up. Thank mm-hmm. you. Uh, and uh, do you want gas prices to be lower? Yes. Okay, I'll enact a policy that will make them even higher. Yay! Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, over and over again the, you know, because uh, it, it, what they see is, oh, wait a minute. You know, their uh, prices are high. This is our perfect time to go in and increase taxes. And we can do this across the board. Do it on the per gallon fuel tax. We can do it on the corporate tax. We could do a, a windfall profits tax. Man, we can cash in the in on this all day long. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. You know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Five hours a night and still not enough. Listen to our podcast available on the app and on our website, RedEyeRadioShow.com. And he's Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. I just, I love this. This is just hilarious. Trump made me do it. This is Fox uh, posted this. Brian Flood uh, and Joseph Wilson and David Roots from Fox News hmm. wrote this article. Trump made me do it. Liberal media blames its dismissal of lab leak theory on ex-president's xenophobia. That because Trump said it, there was no reason to investigate it. All right. Members of the media are now grasping at straws in order to excuse or dismissal of a lab leak theory in 2020. Many of them pointing uh, fingers at former President uh, uh, Trump. 
while many focus on the low confidence angle because the energy department isn't certain where COVID originated, some enter, uh, other agencies still favor the natural, orig- uh, natural origin hypothesis. Others have suggested Trump and members of his administration were so vile and racist that the theory had to be dismissed out of hand. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> Said Joe Con- uh, Concha from Hill dot- from the Hill. Everyone has an excuse for their bias and their activism and their lack of logic. He told Fox News Digital, and when in doubt, break glass and blame Trump for everything. We had journalists and pundits and editorial boards who believed the Chinese Communist Party over Tom Cotton, Ted Cruz, and the President of the United States, all because of their party affiliation, and there was an election after all, here at home, Conscious said. On ABC's The View, they said Trump unleashed xenophobia. Uh, uh, around the lab leak uh, hypothesis time, Coast Whoopi Goldberg, I love this, recently made excuses for comedian Jon Stewart, who famously embraced the lab leak theory in 2021 during the appearance uh, on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. We played that yesterday. Mm. Quote, Trump made it about Asian people, and I'm sure Jon Stewart didn't realize that's what was happening because I'm sure he didn't know what was going on all over the country with Asian folks getting smacked and hit and people saying stuff to them about bringing the disease here. (laughs) If you know who had not started with that, had he not made it about that, uh, listen, uh, that if he would have just said, listen, this might have come out of a lab, it would have been listened to a lot differently. Uh (laughs) Right. They, they, if he had just said it differently, they would have listened to Trump. Yes. That's what she wants you to believe. On MSNBC, one host insisted the lab leak theory was dismissed because it was being conflated with the right's anti-Fauci conspiracies. Uh, The simple reason uh, why so many people weren't keen to discuss the lab leak theory is because it was originally conflated by the right with Chinese bioweapon conspiracies and continues to be conflated by by the right with anti-Fauci conspiracies. Blame the conspiracy theorists. 538 founder Nate Silver, who is not a conservative Republican, mocked the tweet from MSNBC saying, This is so refreshingly honest. The bad people thought the lab leak might be true. Therefore, as journalists, we couldn't be expected to actually evaluate the evidence for it. (laughs) Yeah. And it's that simple. How many insane things does the left bring up every day that we cover and then analyze specifically to defeat the argument? Well, we have a five-hour show, and we never seem to get it all in. Right. I don't believe we have ever said for any insane thing, because you really can't do a show at that point, can you? Well, uh, Biden said it. There's no reason discussing it. Right. Harris said it. There's no reason to discuss it. Right. Corrine Jean-Pierre said it. No reason to discuss it. Right. You know, after after what Biden did, after what Biden did with the Georgia election law, where he lied about it to inflame racial hatred based on a lie, well, then we won't discuss anything anymore. <laughs> no, when he did that, we tore it apart piece by piece by piece. When Corrine Jean-Pierre makes a statement that's ridiculous, we don't ignore it. We tell you it's stupid, but then we explain to you precisely why it's stupid or why it's a lie. Same thing with anybody on the left. 
We'll do it with anybody on the right if they tell a lie. We'll explain to you why it's a lie and why it's stupid. Mm-hmm. For example, when that <laughs> when the media went after DeSantis, implying uh, that he was uh, for the uh, the law that a Republican state representative in Florida came up with that said anybody who any blogger who writes about uh, anybody in state government, including the governor, uh, would have to uh, basically register with the state. Hmm. We said he's an idiot, and it's unconstitutional to begin with. But he's an idiot. We explained why it's unconstitutional. Government can't mandate that you register with them to write anything. And DeSantis, you know, came out of course and said it's ridiculous. I wasn't for that, and I'm not for that hmm. uh, whatsoever. But we do it constantly, every single day. Yeah. And the left's trying to say, no, since Trump said it, we didn't. We didn't decide to analyze it and find out whether it might be true or not we didn't do our jobs and we didn't as we would say anybody who anybody who comes out with a insane comment for example on uh we view it's an insane comment for the president when he stated that we can run the entire country on solar and wind by 2035 that's an insane it's insanity Anybody knows it's insane. Who was it? Who was it? What Democrats said it was insane lately? Remember we played the audio where they said, well, that's sort of insane. On oh, solar and wind. Um, there was a conference going on. And, yeah, and they said it's – Yeah, there's no way it's going to happen. Yeah, it can't happen. It's insane. I mean, it's, yeah. it's ridiculous. It's, but it, it can't do it. We didn't sit there and just say, well, it's insane, so we're not going to discuss it. We discussed why it is insane. Well, and we certainly didn't say, well, because this one person said it. We right. wouldn't even entertain it. All the more reason to talk about it. Yeah, exactly. Because right. if if we could disprove it or we could point out what they need to do to prove it, then that's always important. But this lame excuse, oh, well, we didn't talk about it because Trump said it. So what they're saying is the left... That Trump, that it was it was a conspiracy theory. It's a racist conspiracy theory, right? There's nothing at all. Well, then why didn't you debate that point with him? Why didn't you bury him? We yeah. always say that. Our goal in a debate is to bury you. And so the more absurd your comment, the more incentive from a debate point of view, mm-hmm. from an arguing point of view is, Let's bury them. Let's show the public how idiotic that statement was. And, and are are they now admitting that Trump was right? If Trump was talking about a lab leak or yeah. lab leak theory that it right. came from the Wuhan lab, and now everybody's pretty much joined in that equation, are they now admitting, oh, he was right all along? He was right to bring it up. Yep. Because I never heard him say the U.S. has definitive proof. No. Now, if he said that somewhere along the way. He would be wrong. Then that would have been incorrect for him to say. Yes. But it's funny here because the media trend for blaming Trump 
for why some figures would embrace the possibility that the coronavirus accidentally le- leaked from the Chinese lab is nothing new. CNN's former boss, Jeff Zucker, would not even allow his network to chase down the lab leak story in the early months of the pandemic because he believed it was a Trump talking point. A CNN insider has said, <laughs> yeah. quote, it's kind of crazy that we didn't chase it harder, end of quote, because any journalist knows that those are the things that's when, come on, when you're in the arena of, of ideas, when you debate for a living, when your goal is to find the truth, if somebody says something that's absurd and that's the reason you don't go after it, that goes against every instinct of every true journalist. Every true journalist will say, well, that's an absurd comment there. That's bizarre. That's a conspiracy theory. Well, let's bury that person. That's the entire idea of any with anybody who's ever had a debate with anybody else. Right. You know it's right for you to jump in and disprove them. And why didn't you do that? No, the fact is, is that Everybody on their side wanted to shut down the talk about a lab leak. And then here you have NBC's Chuck Todd also addressed the issue on Meet the Press in 2021, saying, for many, the lab leak theory got tangled up in politics and was conflated with one theory that the Chinese released the virus deliberately. Nope, that's bull. How do we know? Because we went back to February of 2020 when it was being debate mm-hmm. and uh, debated, and Senator Tom Cotton said, we don't know. Right. We don't know. It could be this. It could be this. It could be this. We're looking at all the possibilities. And the left saying, well, no, because they said that uh, it was a, a, a Chinese bioweapon and uh, released from the lab. Uh, people combine the two. No, you combine the two because you didn't want to actually debate or go through and research and investigate all three possibilities. They jumped or, on it. Or a combination. It, they jumped on it the moment Trump started talking about it, that anybody yeah. on the right started talking about it, and they went full on like they normally do to shut something down. And the problem with that is that you overreact with your emotion instead of entertaining all the ideas and having a discussion about it. They invested heavily in trying to make Donald Trump look like a fool. And then here it is, Washington Post fact checker Glenn Kessler wrote, the Trump administration's messaging is often accompanied by anti-Chinese rhetoric that made it easier for skeptics to ignore its claims. No, it's the opposite. It shows that you're not. You're not a journalist, Glenn Kessler, because it would make you do the opposite. And as a fact checker, it makes you do the opposite. Right. If you view something as absurd coming from your political opposition, you go after them. Yep. With claws out. Kessler's colleague, Aaron Blake, wrote in 2021, the vaccine lab leak theory on China and the coronavirus, uh, in which he defended reporters dismissing the Trump administration's claims that there was a high probability the virus originated from the lab. Given everything we know about how Trump handled such things, caution and skepticism were invited. That's fine. That's not what you did. That very much warranted caution and skepticism spilled over into some oversimplification. What you're saying is there are no journalists and you're a bunch of morons on the left because if you don't like someone or they come up with an absurd theory, you're saying, oh, then we don't try to bury them with the facts. We just pretend that they're wrong 
and we really don't know whether they're wrong, and we're being paid to be journalists? Shut up. Being dismissive is not being cautious. No. Don't confuse the two. Just amazing. Because he makes it sound like there is this, it's it's all or nothing, because that's the way it does work with them on the left. Nate Silver had it. This is so refreshingly honest. The bad people thought the lab leak might be true. Therefore, as journalists, we couldn't be expected to actually evaluate the evidence for it. Exactly. I'm amazed what they haven't come forward and said, we were just so triggered as journalists by what Trump said that we just couldn't do it. It was the triggering. We were so offended. Oh, yeah. No, wait. Wait for it. Everything that he said was so disturbing that we couldn't even entertain it. We were triggered. We were in the fetal position yeah. for the longest time. Right. We were so outraged we still are. that we as journalists lost our capability of being journalists. We still want to work from home. <laughs> 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. You know, we told you yesterday about the massive protests mm-hmm, mm-hmm. over the last couple of days in, in France. I mean, some of the largest they've ever seen. Was, yeah. uh, now, it was being reported differently from the unions, from the government, and there was a wide disparity. One mm-hmm. said there was like 700, the the, uh, the unions saying 700,000 people in Paris alone and they said it was like 300000 the government. But this mm. is all because the government, they can't afford the pensions anymore. And so the Senate uh, voted uh, here in the last 12 hours to raise the retirement age by two years to 38. No, no, okay. <laughs> you and I it's were joking 35. about that <laughs> Don't exaggerate. They're going to a two-day work week and you retire at 38. No. That's right. They're doubling the <laughs> workload. <laughs> exactly. I uh, know they voted to raise the retirement age by two years from 62 to 64. They How can't, they dare can't, you. They can't afford it anymore. And they, but they actually, uh, they, uh, uh, the conservative dominated legislative body voted in favor of the decisive article to raise the retirement age by uh, 201 to 115. Hmm. Wow. They're rushing to meet the deadline of midnight Sunday to finalize the legislation. Yeah. That's, well, that's I a mean, reality. Again, wait until we get to the point where we have to make cuts no. here in the U.S. It's not going to be good. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. 
Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.